Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Small World Soccer Report. This is Danny bringing it to you, as always, a broadcasting partner of Game On, the sports podcast for everyone. And guys, I am very pleased to introduce my guest for this week's episode. It's Rusty Bryant, the executive director out at Mississippi Bria FC. Rusty, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being on today. Thanks, Danny. I'm really glad to be here and looking forward to chatting with you a bit. Awesome, man. I, I, I can say the same thing uh, from my own perspective. Very, very excited. Um, I have been uh, really had my eye on Brilla for a long time. Or Bria. Wow. How did I do that? I literally knew that. <laughs> and I still said Brilla. Oh, my gosh. That's all uh, right. That's all right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, huge fan of you guys. Um, really, uh, I think something unique that you guys are doing. And we'll get into all of what you guys are doing later. So I won't spoil too much of it for yet for the listeners. But um, just very, very excited um, about all you guys are doing and to, to highlight some of that today. Um, so what do you say we start with some weirdness of the week, Rusty? Sounds good. Let's go. Excellent. Excellent. Not really sure I asked because I was going to start with that anyway, but I, I feel like it was curious. I don't know. All right. So uh, getting things started, uh, small world, of course, at the center of the madness, uh, the weirdness, that's where we like to be. Um, and so small world is, is recreating uh, our tournament from earlier in March. Uh, and Rusty, you may not be familiar with it, but, but small world did a... Uh, Man, how do I even describe it? It was probably the weirdest lower league soccer tournament to ever happen in history, um, which is, is pretty uh, a pretty definitive statement, but I think it lives up to it. Uh, basically, what I did was uh, I took a bunch of different uh, lower league soccer clubs that I love. This was kind of right as uh, things were starting to be canceled and, and quarantine happened and, and no soccer was happening when we expected it to be. Um, and so essentially what I did was I came up with as many weird ways to simulate a soccer game as I could. Um, so I pulled out, you know, all my toy closets from when I was a kid and, and uh, just all these like different world cup cards, you know, and these little like soccer, like playing games. And I, I threw everything in there that I could um, and just made this tournament and live streamed all of the games on Twitter. And it was the weirdest, most bizarre thing I think I've ever done. And somehow people really enjoyed it. Uh, me sitting with, 10 year old toys in my basement um, live streaming them people actually watched it and, and really had a lot of fun with it um, so we are bringing it back um, and so I'm, I'm partnering with lower league USA on this uh, who did kind of a, a similar tournament with, with uh, Twitter voting polls um, so we're kind of combining the tournaments now uh, and we have a lot of traction in this thing I think we've hit almost 40 states now that are represented uh, almost 100 clubs so, uh, so yeah, it's going to be really exciting. And it's funny because I get a whole lot of, uh, of comments from people uh, that are like, okay, yeah, we're ready to go. Uh, what do we have to do? And I'm like, well, pretty much nothing. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> just tell me you want to do it and I will, will simulate it all and it will be completely random and you have absolutely no control over how it goes. Um, and that, that's part of the fun of it. Um, but yeah, uh, what... What are your thoughts on the tournament? Um, and I guess just kind of generally, how, how do you feel about a lot of these kind of uh, um, tournaments that have been popping up quite a bit to, to try and fill time in the community right now and when we need some of that? Oh, absolutely. No, I, I love the creativity. I love just, you know, we're all desperate for something competitive, <laughs> some sort of 
sport, just anything, yes, especially are. in the soccer world. So uh, I love the, the, these little things that are popping up and, uh, you know, all the FIFA tournaments and the, yeah, right. you know, just the, I mean, even, even in USL league two, they actually, um, there's someone at the league office that is, is doing a weekly update where they actually go through every game and they tell you who would have been winning, you know, who would have won the game. And, it, and it's just interesting to get, you know, it's all make-believe, but it's, it's still fun. And I just, I love the creativity and love what people are doing like yourself, just to kind of keep people engaged and just, uh, you know, hoping for better days and, and ready for the sport to come back. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And I appreciate that by the way. Um, but yeah, and, and it's funny you mentioned that. Um, and I forget, I know it's not uh, Joel Nash, but it's, it's somebody uh, at the at the front office of League Two. I have been following that, um, and it's it's been kind of fun. I, where where is Brilla at right? Bri, where is <laughs> yeah. Bria at right now in the in the standings? Well, I I looked at it. I think at the end of last week, and we were sort of middle of the pack. And I actually commented after the first after the first weekend because they had us as at a win and a tie. And uh, I commented and and just said that no chance we were going to tie that game at home. Uh, we <laughs> we actually we had a very very strong team coming in this summer. Uh, yeah. One that I don't know everybody likes to think big, but we we probably would have uh, made a run at the national championship this year. Oh, and so man. you know it's kind of funny because people you know they don't they don't know what kind of roster we had put together necessarily. So yeah. I, I like to look at it. I think they actually had us down losing a match last week. And I was like, not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. But yeah, it's, it's just so tough to hear so many clubs that just had really big plans for the season and, and had done a lot of really good work. It was going to be such a good year. I think 2020 just for, for the entire community, for NPSL clubs, for league two clubs, for league one, it just pretty much everybody I've talked to had some incredible plans for this year. It's just so unfortunate to hear uh, how much has been canceled, you know, but, but, you know, still, still good to, to see that bright side of, even if it's not the, the justice of, uh, and the fairness of an actual season, uh, something right. fun to, to keep the time going for sure. Definitely. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's cool for sure. And I mean, that's, that's, I think what's separating league two um, and really just the entire American soccer community right now. Um, it, it's, it's really, validating how much they care about their clubs i think little things like that um are making a big difference for sure um but yeah awesome awesome stuff to keep up with um but in a bit of a change of pace and, and a refreshing one i have to say uh our next point of weirdness is steel fc out of uh the pittsburgh area in pennsylvania uh they are a lower league team an amateur team uh that is creating an actual a real on-field uh, tournament um, that's very informal obviously it's it's friendly matches just because um, organized leagues are really having it, it's it's a really tough task to to try to expect a, a national league to actually play um, just given all the different geographical challenges right now um, but what Steel FC is trying to do is bring a few teams from that northeastern area of the country um, that are at a similar playing level to them and uh, I think they've planned it for either late June or sometime in July, um, depending on when uh, that area of the country is opened back up again. Uh, and they've got some good teams that, that they're looking at bringing in. Um, but I, I, I know about this because Small World recently did a, a blog feature 
on Steel FC, and they're doing some really cool stuff, um, a lot of really cool aspirations. So it's just – it's nice to see, and who knows how far this will get, you know. If, and they're calling it the Steel FC Super Cup, by the way, um, which is a pretty awesome name, I have to say. Uh, but it's just – I think the even just the initiative of a, a team to try and organize something to get their players on the field to give their supporters some kind of product, um, even even when it's incredibly difficult to do so, uh, just that initiative to try and make something happen, I think is is awesome out of Steel FC. Yeah, I, man, I agree. And like we were talking about this at lunch just a few minutes ago, how you know right now it's hard because decisions that we make. Um, if people are either going to love them or they're going to criticize you. Mm, and, right. and that's across the board. Everybody's in this, in this really weird position of making decisions that you, you know, are, <laughs> are going to be good or bad mm. to some people, but yeah. like these clubs that are, you know, like steel FC that are just, that are just willing to do something. Mm. Um, I think it's great. And there's, there's clubs like that all over the country and we're one of them that's adapted our plans for the summer too. And, you know, you may ask about that a little bit later in the, in the conversation, but, um, but yeah, I, I think it's great that, that these clubs are just trying to do something uh, to give back and just to add some life to what's going on right now. Yeah, that's right. We, we need that for sure. All of us do. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's definitely a cool thing going on. And, Hopefully it pans out and, and Small World gets to cover it and, and we get to see what happens because uh, it'd be cool to see uh, some teams on the field and, and see some results, if nothing else. Um, but moving moving uh, back to the virtual world, uh, because unfortunately there's not a whole lot of uh, on-field news to bring you, um, Scotty Soccer, right, the uh, uh, jersey outfitter that's, that's kind of burst onto the scene uh, in the uh, – in, in a, a similar fashion as Icarus FC and the like, uh, they're out of Canada, very good friends of Small World. We've, we've covered them on a few different projects they've done. They just continue to come out with awesome stuff. Even when there are no teams on the field to actually supply jerseys for, they are somehow finding ways to come up with jerseys like every week. It's, it's insanely cool, all the work they're doing. And so they've teamed up with Custom Football Marks, which I will admit I, I know little to nothing about. Uh, other than this series right here, brand new from what I understand, uh, a new kit manufacturer, but they've both combined and they're making some really fantastic uh, uh, individual jersey designs. And so I guess what they've done is kind of gone across the world uh, and picked different uh, cities to create a, a fictional soccer team and a fictional soccer jersey for. Um, so they've done it in Mexico City, I know. I think today they unleashed one from London. Uh, and they've, they've done a couple from Asia as well. Uh, and they're just all beautiful. And what I really love about them, uh, and I'm not sure if you've seen them, Rusty, but they've, they've done an excellent job of capturing the local flavor, uh, whether that's uh, an ethnic group that's there um, or, or kind of a, uh, like a landmark. I think there was one in India that, um, that did a really good job of, of incorporating uh, kind of the culture there. It's just, it feels like every time they've gone to a new place, it has been true to that culture. Um, and I think that's something that hopefully once we get back into soccer in the U.S., um, that that can be uh, a, a, a feature of some of the jerseys that they come out with for, for lower league clubs. Because um, I know that there are a lot of cities in the area that, that have that same kind of culture, and it'd be really cool to see that reflected in their jerseys. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I, I'm a big jersey guy. Um, yeah, we too. have uh, – 
we've traveled overseas a lot on a lot of our mission trips and stuff. And, and we love collecting jerseys from small clubs, and, yeah. you know, all around the world. Uh, I've got a, I've got a son that's uh, just graduated. Actually, he'll be going uh, to college this next year. And he, you know, he grabs jerseys and so he's always looking online and like, we've always been a huge fan of just the creative side of jerseys. We're not really big into just the cookie cutter, um, you know, normal, what you would see. And so stuff like this just really excites me. We, we, uh, one of our board members is actually a graphic designer and he's a soccer guy too. And so uh, we actually had him custom design um, some, some uniforms for us a couple of years ago. And it was the most fun we had. It was just a blast just going and, um, kind of like what you said, just making sure we were true to our club and our community. Yeah. And so this kind of stuff really excites me. And I just love looking at it and just fascinated by it. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely a lot of fun to look through my Twitter feed and, and just kind of see what's out there in the morning and, and see some of these kits come out. And it's like, oh, man, I just it's so much fun, even if it never goes into production and I never get to wear one. It's cool just to yeah. see it. You know, it's, it's that's right. Thing for sure. And that's. Yep. It's it. I uh, also am a, a new college student. Uh, I was a freshman this past year, um, and I, I too am a, definitely an avid jersey collector. So I, I think uh, your son and I might have something in common for sure. There you go. <laughs> Where's he headed, by the way? What school? Uh, he's going to Davidson. Actually, going to play soccer at Davidson up in. Yeah. Nevada. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. He's way better than I am. Then. Yeah. <laughs> he's a he's a, he's a pretty special player. So we're looking for. Hopefully, this is not going to disrupt uh his freshman year too much but it still remains to be seen I guess yeah that's a great point and I mean there's there's a a lot going into that decision for sure as far as his college athletics for this fall but man I, I really hope they play I would really love to see uh my own team get to play uh at Lipscomb University um it was a oh, lot yeah. of fun this past fall to go watch those games I would be very sad uh, if that yeah. Play, yeah. but obviously so much going into that decision yeah, I'm very familiar with Lipscomb. It's a great school, good soccer school too. Um, oh yeah. Actually, my my son looked looked at that uh, a little bit all, along the way. So recruiting process was a lot of fun for us. We got to just get to know lots of different schools, and oh, it was sure. Yeah, and it's probably a nice connection too for for the club. I would think. Definitely, a uh, big connection. So, uh, uh, except for the ones that we made mad because he didn't accept their offer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but most yeah. of them were. Yeah, that's the other thing about the recruiting process. I know there's a little off subject, but it's great that so many of these college coaches they truly want what's best for the kid, mm. and even though they may want them. You know, when you go back and you keep those lines of communication open, and you know, you explain your decision. They, they're they're I mean, they really are uh, happy for you. And, I mean, we had very few experiences where there was, you know, any ill feelings or anything. So it was neat. It was a, it was a very fun process for our family, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And, I mean, I really think that translates pretty closely to a lot of lower league clubs, too. Um, when you look yeah. at there's there's a lot of players that are almost, especially in high-volume areas, you know, you think of Los Angeles or, or the New York area, big metropolitan areas where there's three four five lower league clubs at the same level you know competing for the same guys I think that comes into play a lot too um so it's it's really crucial that you have like you said those kind of coaches um that really care about developing their players more than um than filling their roster with star power or trying to to win every match you know they're they're focused on the bigger picture for sure and I think that's that's something that's probably missing 
uh, from the the higher uh, levels of, of U.S. soccer, I think. And then that's that's another conversation for another day, of course. But yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. That, that the lower league community does really well. Um, so it's yeah, it's cool to see I that agree. kind of personally applied. Yep, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's uh, Scotty soccer and custom football marks and a whole lot of other stuff. Um, so moving, moving on in our weirdness of the week, because there's still more weirdness. Uh, Small World always finds all of it, um, because it's, uh, I think we have a, a, a weirdness magnet or something. It's just attracted <laughs> to it. Um, but yeah, so South Bend Lions, uh, one of my favorite lower league clubs, a fellow USL League 2 club, or at least they were supposed right. to be in their first year. Um, yep. Obviously, that has not happened. Um, but they've still been very active. Uh, COVID-19 has not stopped them from being uh, involved in the community uh, and really just across the country with their Twitter outreach. Um, but one of the things they've done that, that I've particularly loved is uh, a dice simulation. So they, uh, they took it into their own hands to uh, reenact the, uh, I think it's the Great Lakes division that they're in. Uh-huh. Um, That's right. So they, <laughs> they, uh, they literally just took all the fixtures for the entire season and rolled two dice to determine the scores for both of the uh, the teams in the game, <laughs> uh, and they've been doing that for I think over a month now, on and off, pretty pretty sparsely. And they finally finished. So uh, the the results are in. And Oakland County, uh, another one of my favorite clubs up there. Actually, it's a really great area for for lower league soccer. A lot of cool clubs in that division. Um, but Oakland County is is the winner of the South Bend Lions dice sim, and uh, it was just. <laughs> It was so funny to me to watch uh, how seriously they took it. Um, and it, 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 what really got me, and I talked about this on last week's episode too, was that uh, their first game, they, they put out a video of it, right? Like the, the live stream of the dice rolling. Um, and so what they did after that, like a few hours later, was they put out a five-second uh, highlights version, and they just did a slow-mo of the dice rolling. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh so hard they're like yeah. for those who were hard pressed to watch the full 12 second max here's here's a five second highlight video it's just it it made me laugh so hard and it, those are the kinds of things that south bend lions have been doing just consistently ever since we've heard about uh their uh their expansion to league two um and it just it makes me think they're going to be an excellent addition on the field too when they come around um and finally get to play um it's i'm very very excited for the future for them um and just as a whole for the whole league and I, I'm, I'm sure you could speak to this especially rusty um being in the in the league yourself um yeah. but there's just there's yeah. so many cool clubs uh that are that are reaching out to the community in a really unique way um and just making things a lot of fun for people like me who just follow it all um it's it's been a really awesome time just taking it and obviously we wouldn't have wished to not have soccer this summer but I think the the silver lining to some degree in it is that we've been able to just take a look at the identity of so many clubs off the field um, and it kind of shows us which teams are, are really doing a good job of uh, of being active no matter what's going on and no matter what the circumstances are and I think South Bend's definitely at the top of that list. Yeah, that I actually have seen those scores and stuff, and yeah. you know, obviously following USL two and, and the the dice rolling and things, and right. I thought it was I thought it was very entertaining as well. Um, you know, one of the kind of going along with what you're saying, 
I do think a lot of these newer teams, especially, you know, they there's some massive disappointment for not getting to play this summer. But, mm. you know, they're kind of carrying that momentum into some social media type things. And, and I think it's been really fun to watch. And, and like you really have with these lower league clubs, you've got you've got the group that, you know, this is all that they do really is their, you know, their team in the summer. So they're trying to find creative ways to to sort of keep the ball rolling and keep fans engaged. And then there's another group uh, like ourselves that, that have things that are going on year round. And so, you know, we've had to turn our focus into, okay, well, what can we do that's different for the summer? Because we, you know, have to sustain ourselves for the entire year. And I think it's been, like you said, it's just been really neat to just see how the different clubs have kind of used this time to just sort of revamp some things and change some ways of doing things, but, but all to stay relevant at the same time. Um, so it's been kind of neat to see that. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I, that's definitely, uh, been a, a cool thing. And, um, and yeah, so it's, it's, uh, I guess that's a pretty good segue as you were kind of talking about how Bill is, uh, Bria is a little bit different. My goodness. I've said that three times now. <laughs> how Bri- how Bri- <laughs> it's, it's going to have to be, uh, you're going to have to make fun of me on social media for it or something. Just, I don't know. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> good. Uh, but but no, so I, I think that's a, a good uh, a segue into a little bit about who uh, Mississippi Bria are um, and kind of what you guys do. You've, you've keyed in a little bit on how you guys are more year round. So, so tell our listeners a little bit more uh, about who Bria are, um, what you guys do outside of USL League 2, because um, a lot of people probably know you from that. Um, but who are you guys as an organization? What are some of your other outreaches outside of? Uh, the first team uh, in League Two, and and yeah, just just uh, okay. take, uh, take a moment to shine, if you will. Um, forgive yeah, me. yeah. There you go. That was a good segue because obviously the Spanish word for shine is Bria. Yes. Um, so there you go. You nailed it. But we actually uh, we've been around for a long time. Bria Soccer Ministries has been in existence since 1996. Wow. Uh, so yeah, we've we've been uh, been around a while. We we entered the league as a USL League Two, which was obviously PDL. Uh, at the time in 2007. So uh, for our first decade or so, um, we were mostly focused on international mission trips uh, because we have a we have a ministry that surrounds um, our organization that's basically uh, using the platform of soccer to share the gospel uh, with people. And so we would do international mission trips, um, which we've taken somewhere between 15 and 20 of those. Uh, we would also do, um, you know, camps. Uh, we did a lot of camps in that first decade for churches uh, where we would go and spend some time um, at churches doing camp, soccer camps um, and using that as an opportunity for outreach for the churches. Uh, and so in 2007, we sort of kind of changed our focus a little bit when we um, purchased the franchise in USL2. Uh, and basically what that allowed us to do was to kind of, instead of, uh, going out into the world, we started bringing the mission field to us. And so it's been kind of neat to see all the different countries, all the different cultures, um, even really all the different re- religions that we've brought in here. And just to be a part of a summer where we have just an opportunity to kind of impact their lives and basically teach them um, you know, that life's more, more than just soccer, um, but soccer can be a big part of it and a great way 
to use your gift and your talent to impact people. And right. so, um, you know, our, our, the, the word Bria actually does mean shine. And that comes from Matthew five sixteen that says, let your light shine before men. And so all the things that we do sort of have that purpose and that mission behind it is uh, we want to shine. Uh, we want to shine pointing people towards Jesus uh, and just using soccer as an opportunity to really change people and affect people's lives. And so we have an urban camp ministry uh, that we do. A lot of it is geared in the summer when our players are here because that's how we involve them. Uh, so we do soccer camps for underprivileged kids and youth in the inner city. And uh, those are free. And so we get, give our, our, our players a chance to give back by doing these camps. And so last summer we had 15 of those. Uh, we also have some ongoing uh, camps and clinics and things that we do with these partners of ours, these inner city partners throughout the year. Um, and then we also have uh, some partners in other countries. So we have Bria Costa Rica. We have uh, Bria Mexico, we have Bria, Nicaragua, and Guatemala. And so we have partners on the ground there that are doing the same things that we're doing here, and we support them in different roles. Um, and then we also run our local, uh, our local league. So our local soccer league, all the way from recreation up, and uh, three-year-olds all the way up, the competitive teams are Bria Juniors teams, yeah. and, uh, and the rest of them are local-based, uh, Cl the Clinton Soccer Association here that we manage that for them. So, yeah, there's a lot that goes on uh, during mm -hmm. the year, um, a lot that's been going on for many, many years uh, surrounding Bria Soccer Ministries. Man, that's cool. That's just, there's so much there that's, that's just really awesome. I mean, I, 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 what I will say is that I think it's, it's really especially commendable um, for, for my perspective um, that you guys are really just taking a more, a more overarching approach, I guess, is the best way to put it, um, than just trying to build a soccer team. And I, I think in lower league soccer, we're, we're really blessed to have a community that is very focused on people um, and, and isn't necessarily just developed on um, on talent and and um and and the wins and the losses alone um but i think especially you guys just taking it internationally and and really just investing so fully in your community before you even had or planned on having uh an actual uh franchise you know at a really high level that you do now um i just i think that really shows the motivations um and then that they're really in the right place from you guys so it's it's really cool to hear um, just the, the dedication that you have to, to developing people and to making our world better through soccer. Um, that's exactly why I started Small World. And um, it's just, it's always really cool to hear about how um, different people are, are using uh, different methods and, and their different abilities to, to make things happen and to make things better um, through soccer. And I think you guys are definitely um, doing that at a, at a really incredible level and just in so many areas of the country. Um, I, I will say I have been to both Costa Rica and Guatemala, so that is wicked cool um, that you guys are <laughs> are involved over there. Where where are you in Costa Rica, by the way? Where is Bria, uh, Bria uh, Costa Rica? So there is a uh, little place called uh, Guapiles. Yeah. Um, and so that is uh, that is where our partnership is kind of based. Um, we, we're, before the pandemic hit, we were in the process of actually sending our first 
I guess, kind of full-time missionary from here. Uh, we have actually um, people on the ground there that are from Costa Rica that, yeah. you know, sort of run things. But we were we were getting ready to send our first our first player um, to hopefully actually play in the professional league down there, but to serve full time uh, with the ministry down there. And so that's kind of been delayed a little bit, uh, but we're hoping to pick up steam with that again here in, you know, in the next couple of months and and get him and his wife down there and get them started. So, um, yep. Man, that's cool. And I I will say I'm, I'm familiar with the team down there, Santos de de Guapiles. And that's, that's a really cool area, honestly, of the country. I, I actually lived there for, uh, for two months or so, uh, really? I was out there on a city abroad trip and obviously they, they sent us home. Um, we didn't, we didn't get to stay out there as long as we planned to, but man, that, what a cool area. Um, and a really cool concept too, um, that you're literally using soccer to, to bring people to different places and, um, and, and just kind of show them the love of God in that way. That's awesome, man. Um, yep. really, really cool. Can't, cannot commend that enough. Um, yeah, really, really cool stuff that you guys are up to. Um, all over the world. So that's, that's awesome. Um, but I want to bring it back uh, local a little bit. Um, and so why I just, I always like to ask this because I think there's a real grassroots mentality about um, lower league soccer as a whole. Um, and, and where you're from says a lot about who your club is. Um, so why, why did you choose to start all this in Clinton? Um, what, what made this area the, the right place to start that for you? Well, I'm, I'm from Clinton. I've grown, yeah. you know, I grew up here and I've been here my whole life. And so, um, I actually left, um, right out of college and I went to seminary down in new Orleans. Um, and I was actually serving as a youth minister at a church and I had an, we had an opportunity to, to take what we had been doing, um, with, soccer and a ministry just sort of on the side as I was doing the rest of my life. Um, but we had an opportunity to kind of join with an organization out of Memphis and they were a basketball ministry. And so when we joined with them, I just assumed that I was going to be moving to Memphis and be a part of their ministry. And, um, the executive director of their, of their ministries basically said, we don't want you to come here. We want you to move back home because your people from your home, is exactly who we want you to reach. And so I don't know, it just was, okay, well, it's time to move home and it's time to make a difference from, from home. And uh, we're a faith-based ministry, which means we raise our own support and stuff. And so a big part of it was that is to just come back to where the roots are that people believe in, believe in you already and will support you and financially support you. And so, um, you know, just over the years, we've just, gradually more and more and more invested in our community and really the grassroots uh, part of it, you know, with the school system and the uh, recreational league and, you know, just being uh, really from the very, very bottom all the way up. And so, um, you know, it was a, it was a place that we just knew that we could, we could come back and immediately make an impact. Mm. Yeah. And, and you know what that reminds me a lot of, as you're saying that is uh Tormenta FC out of Statesboro, um, which is yep. in my uh, my home state that I am uh, not very quiet about uh, being proud of uh, in Georgia. Uh, they are doing some incredible work, and they, I think they have a very similar story at, at a, a different level, of course. They're in, in USL League One, but um, just the, the incredibly long reach of their youth system that just 
really has, has made a huge impact on Statesboro and all of South Georgia and even into the Carolinas. Um, that whole area of the country, uh, their youth soccer entire system is, is just a better system um, and a more accessible system uh, because of what Torment is doing and because of their presence there. Um, so that's, that's, that's what this reminds me of a lot, uh, just in a yeah. different area. Yeah, you know, and I love that you brought them up. Those are actually really close friends of mine. Um, crazy enough, the day that the pandemic really actually started in full, uh, it, for us, it was our spring break. And we, we had been traveling. We actually took my, took my son up to Davidson for a few days just to get the lay of the land. And so on the way back, we actually went um, on that Thursday. <laughs> I mean, that was the same day they canceled March Madness. Everything we oh, were on our that way was home. A sad day. Yes, it was. But we were we were actually at Tormenta when all that happened. So wow. Uh, yeah, Darren is a good friend of mine. Um, of course, one of their new goalkeeper coaches was our assistant coach uh, two years ago and had been here for a couple of years. Mike Panther is a good friend of mine. So we yeah. had gone and we just hung out for the day. Uh, one of our players Jordan Skelton uh, was here for a couple of years and now he's on their league one team and so yeah. we just went to visit and uh, really I mean you're you're spot on with just how we we do a lot of things very similar to them and and that was what I loved about being there I was with my family and we just sat and talked with Darren for a couple of hours just kind of picking each other's brains about stuff and uh, it was really great they they have a wonderful wonderful program over there and uh I hope lots of other clubs will take note and do the things that they're doing. Yeah, man, I really do too. Um, I've I've been to uh, a couple of their games down there. It's a bit of a drive. I'm I'm in the uh, northern uh, area of Georgia, and and they're obviously pretty far south. Uh, but it is worth the drive every time I've gone. Uh, it's a really cool supporters culture out there, even. Um, and it's it's funny because I I don't think you, you would peg Statesboro as the kind of town that would usually. Uh, rally around soccer the way that they really have uh, but it's it's exactly how it's happened ever since they've started really since their first match they've had some really great support um, and it's it's a really cool third division match to go to um, yep. and it's it's a, a really really cool project that they've done just pretty much any anything that they've touched has really turned to gold and uh, and been super successful for them um, and like you said I think that uh there, there. We would have a much better soccer system if there were four or five more tormentas um, across the country. That's right. for sure. I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's what they reminded me of. Um, have you heard? By the way, this is kind of random, but they uh, they recently came out with something I was really excited about. Um, I guess their Ibis Foundation, which is uh, uh, the uh, the bird on their logo, of course, is an Ibis. But uh, they just announced a grant. Um, that's, I guess, going to really uh, be super beneficial for uh, lower income families that are trying to get their uh, kids in soccer academies. Um, so I guess what they've done, and I'm sure you're super familiar with this, but they have uh, entire youth leagues um, that they have within their system, um, kind of like you guys, uh, kind of like you were explaining earlier. Um, and so they have significantly been able to cut uh, a lot of those costs now to players um, because of this grant from the IBIS Foundation. So um, I think that just goes to show even more uh, the the awesome intentions that they have and and uh, how much of an impact they're making. Yeah, they you know they came out a year or two ago just 
basically with this initiative of they wanted to to do their part to kind of move away from pay to play, mm. which we all know is something that gets a lot of <laughs> a lot of traction here in the country and people yes. arguing about it and yes. um, and so you know for and they're really true to their word. I mean, they're jumping in and they're you know they're finding ways to subsidize. Um, being able to, to let these kids play. And I think it's incredible, um, yeah. you know, and it's, it's great that, I mean, it sounded like to me that they were really, even all the way down to the recreational level, were going to be able to let some kids play for free uh, that needed that. And I, I just, it's awesome, um, the stuff that they're doing. And so, yeah, like I said, they're, they're very much in line with a lot of things that, um, that we do around here. Yeah, and that is definitely a compliment uh, to both of you guys. Um, a huge fan of of both of y'all for sure. Um, but yeah, really, really cool stuff out of Tormenta, and and of course, really cool stuff from you guys. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, and then we've talked a little bit about who Brilla is now, what the history is. Where do you think the uh, near future is is going to take Brea? Um, it's just obviously we don't know. There are a lot of question marks, but. What kind of plans can you tell me about? Well, you know, we were very fortunate to – I serve on the executive committee for USL2, and we uh, – those guys were just incredible through this whole process. And they were really on top of things from the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, we had so many conference calls. and you know, <laughs> even, you I know, did not envy you. Yeah, with the exec- executive committee and then even moving along to the division by division. And, and they just – they really did a good job. And so I, none of us were surprised when, you know, the season officially got canceled. Um, they, did a, they did a really good job of trying to hang on and let divisions kind of do what they could do. But we were sort of prepared. And so we started preparing, I guess, probably six weeks or so ago for – you know, what can we do uh, since there won't be a season? And so we are actually, um, you know, I, again, a lot of your, a lot of people listening may not know a lot about um, Mississippi Bria, but we bring in about 95% of our players for the summer. They're not local players. Yeah. Um, in fact, this summer we only had two local uh, players scheduled to be on our roster. And so the rest of them are literally from all over the world. And, you know, there's a couple of reasons for that. One is just the the ministry side of it and the mission side of it is we're trying to bring in lots of different people so that we have an opportunity to impact them. Right. Um, but then on the other flip side of that is that Mississippi gets a bad rap and sometimes it's correct mm-hmm. in that we're a little bit behind on the soccer front. And so, um, you know, we know that if we threw out a team full of Mississippi players in USL League Two, uh, we wouldn't win a lot of games, unfortunately. <laughs> and so uh, we sort of get a bad rap sometimes, but for the most part, people understand because they understand our vision, our mission, um, and they also are realists when it comes to, you know, just the competitive side of things. And so when this all happened, our very first uh, reaction was to turn to the community and just say, okay, you know, what is our opportunity to give back during this time? How can we be a part of the healing process, um, you know, and really focus right here at home? And so we have actually developed a college training academy, and it was an invitation-only invite to Mississippi players that are currently playing college soccer. 
And so we're going to train them uh, for four weeks. Uh, we're actually bringing our coaching staff, our USL2 coaching staff. So one, our head coach is coming from Pennsylvania and our assistant coach is coming from Charlotte. And they'll be here for the, the, four, the full four weeks. And it's no cost to the college players. Wow. It's basically our opportunity to just get them ready for their college season. Because so many of these guys, you know, they left college um, and they haven't done much of anything. That's right. So we want to be part of that healing where we can just help them. And so we actually started this week uh, with a two week um, kind of a virtual training uh, from an online platform where we produced videos that have been sent to the players every day uh, right. starting Memorial Day from this week. And it's basically getting them fit, um, getting them two weeks of fitness ready to come into the camp. Yeah, they're going to need it. Uh, and so they've, they've been running. They've been doing uh, body weight work. Um, one, our assistant coach is actually on staff at Liberty uh, the exercise science type stuff. And so um, it's very professional and it's, it's geared towards the soccer player. Uh, so they'll do that for two weeks. And then starting on the week of uh, June 8th, uh, they'll come in for four weeks and we'll have an opportunity to train these guys. Um, and we're also, uh, we are adding a discipleship component to it too, which will be really neat to just kind of get these guys kind of emotionally and spiritually ready for when they go to college and some of the yeah. things that we're going to face. So we've got topics we're going to, we're going to work through each week. And so that's really our big focus. And we're actually, we're very excited about it because we really feel like it's something that we wanted to do for a while, but a lot of times um, people around here would just think, well, they're just the, this is just the B team or the, you know, second rate kind of guys, or, you know, they're going to get the leftovers from what we're given to the league two team. And so I think now being able to do this and completely focus on it, show these guys around here, how serious, you know, we are, how professionally run things yeah. are. Uh, I think we'll be able to roll it out again next year, but right alongside with our league two team, um, and even have some opportunities for these guys to get the league to experience, you know, and maybe move, move up and, you know, earn their way onto to a spot on that team. And um, so, yeah. And then beyond that, most of our stuff after that is sort of being turned into virtual uh, camps. So like all of our urban camps this summer, uh, we're giving our urban partners an opportunity to give the kids um, a professionally done uh virtual camp where they'll be able to do it from home and we still have uh, soccer balls and Bibles and things like that that we'll be able to go and distribute those to the families and then allow them to do the camp on their own at home so we just had to be creative but we really you know the thing that we've said throughout this whole thing was uh, this came as a surprise to us but it wasn't a surprise to God so he, right. he, he already knew what we were going to do this summer and that was his plan from the beginning. So, um, so we just had to kind of adapt our thinking to say, well, this is what we were supposed to be doing all along. So let's put all of our effort into it and do it with the same excellence that we would have done our league two team. Yeah. 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 That's crucial too, to make sure that you have that, that level of excellence, no matter what you're doing, you know, whether it's that really high level, high volume product that a lot of people have eyes on or whether it's, these opportunities to just go out in the community and 
and distribute soccer balls. You know, it's just what whatever you're doing, you know, just doing it with that level of excellence that um, that you've always done everything with. It seems like uh, that's yeah. that's really crucial, I think, and and something really cool that y'all are doing for sure. Seems like a a bright future again. Upon um, that wasn't even a purposeful one, uh, but um, but yeah, right. just really really cool stuff that you guys have coming up. So so exciting to hear about all that. All right. So then moving forward, uh, we're going to hit the lower league E-Cup a bit. Um, and this is, I know we touched a little bit on just generally some of the, the things that have popped up to, to replace soccer, but this is probably chief among them, I would have yeah. to say. Um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of lower league E-Cup. Small World got to participate, actually. I got to uh, show the entire lower league soccer community exactly how bad I am at FIFA. Um, <laughs> and I... I, I lost so many games, but it was okay. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun to follow. Uh, but we have finished the lower league cup. Now it's it all three divisions are officially over. Um, and the champions are, are officially announced. So there were some really high level teams. I don't know if you followed the, the E cup at all rusty, but there were some really, really high level players in this tournament. I was not one of them, but a, a lot of the <laughs> other ones were, uh, we, we, I think there were even a couple of FIFA professionals um, that literally are, are paid to play uh, wow. <laughs> video games for a living uh, that were in this tournament. Um, but yeah, so, so the teams who came out on top are as follows. In Xbox division, which was my own division, uh, Oli Town Artisans out of Washington. They are, are the champions of Xbox. Uh, Angel out there did a fantastic job. Uh, and, and he beat Minneapolis City in the final, who was doing a whole lot of work uh, to, to try and win that. They had a lot of fans watching. They had a pregame show for every game. They had a postgame show. They had all kinds of stuff going, uh, but they could not beat Oli Town. Uh, and then in the PC division, it was Metro Louisville, uh, another new team. I think they're in the NPSL is, is where they've expanded to. Um, but they're, they're another uh, newbie to the lower league soccer scene. They are PC champions, so uh, so exciting to see them getting some silverware before they've even stepped foot on the field. Um, and then FC Motown out of New Jersey. That's definitely a, a FIFA pro player. I, I know that for a fact. Uh, out of PS4, uh, he dominated everybody. I mean, even in the final, I think it was like 9-3. to three. Um, So he was, <laughs> he was pretty good. I, I don't know how fair it was that he was in there. Might have to protest that or something, but uh, but no. Yeah, congratulations to all three of those. Uh, man, what a fun event this whole thing was, except for all my losses. Those were not fun, but everything else was really fun. Um, I it just I'm and, and I've heard that uh, Joe Meyer, who who started the whole thing, um, is going to bring it back, I guess, and make it a yearly thing in the winter um, when when most people aren't playing. Uh, but man, it was just it was so much fun to see how many clubs came from different leagues from different divisions pro semi-pro amateur brand new 15 years of experience they just everybody from all over the country so many people were involved it was a whole lot of fun to see it really was yeah we 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 were involved as well <laughs> but uh we had so we had two teams in because our supporters club uh, entered the blue battalion. Yes. Um, and then, uh, we had our goalkeeper that was, that was coming to us this year. He actually played as well. Um, and represented us and 
yeah, neither they, they, they seem to have the same fate that you did. Uh, <laughs> our, our blue battalion, uh, actually I think came away with, with a win and a tie and then three losses. Um, I think our goalkeeper, uh, representing us was a one win and four losses. So Ooh. yeah, we didn't do, didn't do so well either, but, uh, <laughs> But from what I understand, the guys had a great time. They were yeah. a lot like you in that they were uh, quite surprised at how good some of these teams were. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I think they had a lot of fun. And, yeah, it was, uh, it was just neat to see the whole thing and how it played out and, you know, how people really got into it. So uh, it, was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad we were a part of it and had our, had our name attached to it as well. Yeah, yeah, no, same here. I, I feel like we, we got to get you on the sticks next year, Rusty. <laughs> I feel like you got to represent Brianna. Look, you should, you don't even want to see me play. I get so confused on what buttons are. <laughs> I mean, my, now, my son, he's, he's a decent player, so he can, okay. he can play. But if I, you know, if they end up not getting to play uh, college soccer this fall, maybe I'll just tell him to focus on his FIFA game and we'll get him ready for, for the <laughs> Have him ready, yeah. Just, just have him trained. Hey, you could, you could do a uh, a training video series for for esports too. There you go. You just never know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I I wouldn't be surprised with anything the way things are headed. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's awesome. But yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. Um, really, really exciting to follow the E Cup and uh, make sure you are on the lookout for uh, Small World on the blog side of things. Uh, because we will have some lower league e-cup review coming out soon um but yeah so that being said uh let's transition into what i like to call up close and personal and even though both mississippi and georgia are no longer under stay-at-home orders we are going to uh put out the public service announcement that small world soccer is representing who and cdc health guidelines and maintaining six feet of distance even though the title is up close and personal thank you uh, don't sue us <laughs> Um, so the, uh, the, the uh, kind of the goal of, of this segment is to kind of get to know our guests a little bit better. So Rusty, uh, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about your soccer story. What got you into soccer? Um, how did you kind of find your love for it? Um, and, and how did that kind of lead into what you're doing now? Yeah, I'm kind of um, – I just played soccer my whole life. I was uh, never a big kid, still not a big big person <laughs> to this day. And so, you know, growing up in the 70s and 80s, because uh, I am that old, um, you know, I was – I just kind of gravitated towards the sport of soccer. And I just loved it, always did. Um, I never was really that good of a soccer player, but I just love the game. And so uh, I, I did get a chance to play in college. Um, I played at Mississippi College, and, um, which is actually right here in Clinton. Yeah. Um, and that's where I met, you know, a lot of my really close soccer friends. And those are the guys that sort of started um, Bria along with me. So uh, the, the way Bria got started, we actually um, took a mission trip to Costa Rica. That was our very, that's how the whole team got started. Yes. And so it was a bunch yeah. of us from college and we just got together and said, let's go down there and play soccer and uh, share the gospel while we're there. And so, uh, so we did that and um, we kind of kept playing just for fun for, I mean, probably the next decade or so, uh, just because I loved the game. And 
you know, then it got time for me to sort of hang up the boots and, <laughs> and get ready to, to move on. And so, um, fortunately I've been able to just stay in the game through, uh, you know, through Bria and just running the organization. And then of course now kind of living it again through my kids and watching them play and the success that they're having. And, um, so yeah, I've just, it's just soccer is just a part of my DNA and, and it always has been. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I can definitely relate in that I was not very good, never really have been. Uh, but there's just something about the game that I love. You know, I'll always keep playing it just because there's there is something special about it that no other sport has. Um, I think it's just that fluidity of it, that it's constantly moving, it's constantly going. Um, there's, there is a real um, element to soccer that is just not in any other sport that I've ever played. Um, and I think it's it's just something that I'll always have just in my heart, um, something that I really just love to do um, and love to follow, even if I am terrible at it personally. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just yeah, that's that's really cool. And, and I have to say, I relate pretty closely uh, to all of that. Um, so it just uh, I, I've been asking all my guests this um, as we uh, kind of get to know you a little bit better. Um, did, if you don't mind, we're going to, we're going to have you describe your childhood a little bit to us. And, and this might be, uh, these might be some slightly different answers if you're saying you, uh, you grew up in the eighties. Um, but, uh, this is, uh, this is something that I've asked everybody. So I'll have you describe your childhood for me, uh, in a few different ways. Uh, first, if you will describe your childhood in just one food and one food only. <laughs> one food. One food. <laughs> This is very serious. Oh Do not take this lightly, Rusty. <laughs> this is this is really putting me on the spot. <laughs> it is. Um, well, I know this. This is gonna sound. This is gonna sound. I'm gonna. I'm gonna use the one word, but then I'm gonna come back and 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 tell you why. So it's gonna sound like this is really boring, but I'm gonna say pizza. And the okay. reason why uh, the reason why I'm gonna say pizza is because. I did grow up in the seventies and eighties and believe it or not, it wasn't like today where, well, of course today, today people aren't eating out as much <laughs> because of the virus, but right. you know, there's restaurants everywhere. People are eating out all the time. I didn't grow up that way. I grew up uh, where my mom cooked every single night and that oh, was just, yeah. that was just a part of it. We didn't. And so um, really the only restaurants around town, I think I remember were pizza places and it was yeah. such a treat to be able to go to a pizza place. So I guess when I think back on my childhood and the reason why I related to pizza, pizza is simple and it just, my childhood was just a simple time. It was just a simple time of life where it was family, a lot like what people are experiencing right now, where they're just at home, yeah. they're playing games with their family, they're eating dinner at home and that's how my whole childhood was. So uh, having pizza was a treat and going out to eat pizza was definitely a treat. So oh, there you yeah, go. That's awesome. And I mean, honestly, that's, uh, I definitely have, have grown up uh, in a different uh, uh, era, I guess, but um, really, I think uh, in a pretty similar way, I, I definitely have, have heard the conversation at the dinner table. If you don't like what's here, you don't have to eat or there something you along those lines. See, so I, I definitely feel you on that. Uh, we, uh, especially as, as I was real little growing up, 
uh, eating out was a special occasion for sure. Um, That's right. (laughs) I I feel you. I feel you for sure. And hey, I will never complain with somebody choosing pizza. Pizza is one of my favorite foods. It's it's one of my favorite food groups, as a matter of fact. Um, (laughs) I love it. Yes. And I I made a pizza this morning at work, actually. So that's fun. Um, Nice. But yeah. Yeah. So uh, so awesome. So pizza as as the food. Um, Next, I'll have you describe your childhood in one TV show. Oh, man. You know, I mean, if I'm going to have to go, I'm going to have to go old school and just kind of say, stay with the uh, simple life. And I'm going to have to say one that most of these listeners probably do not know. Leave it to Beaver. Leave it to Beaver. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I actually have watched uh, a couple of episodes of Leave it to Beaver. Uh, And it is, uh, it's, I had never really understood it personally um <laughs> but i have watched a couple episodes um and yeah so so why leave it to beaver i'll ask you that well first. so first of all I, my disclaimer is that was actually before my time but right. it was sort yeah, of like, yeah. Uh, yeah it was sort of like watching reruns you know from uh-huh. from a time before me and so i did watch them a lot but it was uh again it was just that simpler time it was the you know, the, everything was built around the family. Um, you know, the kid Beaver is what they, they called him. And he had a brother and he had mom and a dad and the dad went to work and the mom stayed home and cleaned and cooked. And, you know, and not that, not that my family was necessarily just like that, but it would just brings me back to a simpler time, you know, mm-hmm. and I uh, definitely like to remember those times as a kid and just things being so simple back then. Or at least I thought they were. Probably weren't so much for my for yeah. my parents, but as a kid, uh, perspective, just a simple time of life. That's right. That's a great point. Honestly, I, I think it's uh, not necessarily the time, but the time that we're in. You know, our our uh, our own personal uh, understanding of everything is is definitely a lot simpler at yep. that age, for sure. For sure, I, I'm learning that quickly as a college student now. <laughs> it right. is. Uh, it's all happening fast, but. But yeah, now that it's it's funny because uh, I, I have I have actually uh, watched a couple of episodes of that, um, and I, honestly, I cannot remember exactly where um, I have because I know it wasn't at, at my own house. Um, and honest, I'm not really a huge TV watcher myself, um, but I have seen a and they're black and white, right? Like That's they're right. That's right. they're real, yeah, yeah. So those those were reruns definitely for you. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, they. I want to say that there is a channel on cable uh, that that plays older uh, TV shows like that. And like I said, okay. I don't understand it at all. Um, it, <laughs> it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, why do they call him Beaver? Is is that an actual name? That makes no sense. Um, <laughs> that is. Uh, I I feel very bad for that child. I feel like he probably. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. There's just, there's so many unanswered questions. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's well, it was actually produced in the fifties, which was 20 years before my time, but, um, but still, it was just a funny, good show to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's all. I, I think I, I, I'm not a betting man. If I were, I think I would probably, I would probably bet that, that that is not one that's likely to be repeated. That's why I love it. That's, that's probably my favorite TV show answer that I've had yet. 
and and last week I said this too. Uh, uh, somebody uh, I had Evan Ramis on the show last week of, of Maryland Bobcats, and uh, his choice was The Office, which I, I do really love The Office. But I love this choice for just the the uniqueness of it. Well, and, let me throw let let me throw in a little more current. It's a little more current. If if I had to if I had to give a second, uh, it would be Twenty Four. Okay. Oh, uh, so my family's going through binge watching Twenty Four again right now. <laughs> This and, is the time to be doing it. Man, we just love it. But when I think about 24, I do think about how, you know, right now we're just kind of, you know, all, all the episodes are done in one 24-hour period. And sometimes I just feel like that's, the, that's what we're living in right now mm. is just 24 hours, day to day. Let's see if we can get through this thing. <laughs> that's right. So, that is exactly right. I bring it into the current and let people at least know that I do watch shows that are a little bit more up to date. <laughs> now we believed you. We believed you. I was giving you a hard time. But that's awesome. All right. So we've got Leave it to Beaver and 24, uh, both, both good ones for sure. Um, all right. And, and one, last, uh, one last one here. Uh, describing your childhood in just one phrase. In one phrase? Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see. Um, man, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to move it from a phrase and I'm just going to say one word and I'm just okay. going to say that okay. word. I'm just going to say blessed. Um go. Man, I just, you know, had great parents. Uh, m- mom and a dad got a, got an opportunity to live that are both still living, and they actually live here in town. But they they were great. They loved me. Um, you know, I had a had a good sister, um, just one sibling, and you know, just uh, I really had a very blessed childhood. You know, we didn't we didn't have a lot of money. Um, never had a lot of money, but I never felt like I was lacking anything, and just. Um, you know, just a, just a good childhood, good schools, good community. Um, so I'll just say blessed. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, no, and it's, it's, the older I get, the more I realize that there's just, there are a lot of, of very broken families, um, and, and people that, uh, have some, some very different, uh, upbringings and just a whole lot of challenges. So, um, uh, that's, that's cool to see the, the recognition of that. Cause I think a lot of people grow up, um, with with a whole lot of uh, of blessings and they don't necessarily realize it or or kind of act in a way that um, that shows understanding of of how much of a blessing that is um, so I think that's that's an important thing for sure yep exactly yeah yeah but that's awesome all right so 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 some some quality answers from Rusty I like it <laughs> appreciate you appreciate that for sure that's and I always ask those just because that you get some some stories that you wouldn't get asking soccer questions. You know, it's, it's just always fun for me to kind of get a little bit more of a window into, you know, who I'm really talking to, you know, and just, just kind of get some of those more personal stories. Um, yeah, like that's good. Why pizza means something to you, you know, it's just, <laughs> just little things like that. It's, it's a lot of fun for sure. Appreciate you bearing with me on that. Absolutely. All right. So, so now we'll move into uh, another one of my favorite segments and this is called two cents. They're literally two cents because there are two of them, um, and they're just two of my own opinions um, that I have created and uh, put into the podcast because I can. Um, and so the first one, okay, so the public service announcement before I say this, small world soccer is is a very 
we we've created i i say we it's just me i'm trying to sound more official than i am i created small world to be a very positive media outlet in lower league soccer that's that's really the motivation behind everything small world does we want to highlight what's good in soccer and i feel like we've done a pretty pretty cool job of that. again i said we i, I <laughs> small world has, has done a pretty good job of that um but there th- th- this is one of those rare times that i'm, I'm gonna bring up something uh that i'm not particularly uh happy about and uh this is a a character on twitter by the name of garcia national management I should say a former character on Twitter um, because his uh, account was removed, I think. Um, but so, so here's, here's what happened. That there, some listeners may know what I'm talking about already. Some may not. Uh, but for those who do not, and, and I guess for those who do, you just get this uh, story once again uh, and, and laugh at yourself internally at this. Um, th- this is effectively what happened. So lower league e cup was, was finishing everything up, right? Uh, Joe was, was getting everything finished and maybe a week or so ago, uh, a guy <laughs> started commenting on all of lower league e cups posts. Uh, and the, the name on the account was Garcia national management, right? So, so what this guy Garcia was doing, uh, was he, cre- <laughs> he created a logo uh, and I say created very loosely because it's literally uh, Lower League Cup's logo flipped uh, left to right. So it's the exact same logo. And he, <laughs> he changed the font and he's changed the text from Lower League E Cup to Lower League E Tournament. <laughs> so, so that's, he, he literally just ripped off the entire Lower League E Cup and started trying to convince uh, the clubs of the Lower League E Cup to compete in his Lower League E Tournament. Uh, which he vehemently denied had any connection to lower the e-cup at all. Um, but he uh, uh, was charging people $20 into the tournament, right? So, um, and, and he personally, he reached out to me quite a few times um, about trying to, to sponsor his tournament. Um, and it very much appeared like a money grab. Um, and kind of a, a real stab in the back to uh, lower league e-cup and all that he had done completely for no profit at all um and and so it just it really rubbed me the wrong way um thankfully a whole lot of people uh i mean it was very clear to see that the grammar on the post was horrible Uh, there was no professionalism in it at all he had he had no basis as to when people questioned what his real motives were you know he wouldn't respond or or he'd just send an emoji or something um, it, it was very clearly uh, a scam and people recognized that quickly and gave him a lot of backlash. Um, but it just, it was very frustrating um, just to, to think that um, somebody who had worked so hard and put a whole lot of time into, and we've, we've already uh, talked a whole lot about how great of a tournament it's been uh, that, that Joe's created with the lower league e cup, but it was just really, really disappointing for me to see that somebody would try to take advantage of that um, and just uh, try and then make money off of it. Um, as it turned out, I don't think it was successful at all. Um, I'm pretty sure nobody signed up. Uh, nobody followed him or, or gave him money or anything like that. But um, just, I don't know. It was it was very frustrating. And I had to work really hard to, to not uh, – uh, lash out and uh, I was I was very frustrated at that um, but it just I guess to, to wrap all that up 
that's probably one of the more frustrating encounters I've had with anyone uh, in this entire community ever. And I don't really, I, I really don't feel like he belongs to the lower league soccer community at all, um, given given the the behavior that he's made. And he created the count uh, this month and deleted it within the month. It was it was definitely a scam and and um that's that's certain uh, but just a really frustrating thing for me to see uh somebody who worked so hard uh have somebody try to rip him off like that even if it wasn't successful man i that was the first time i've actually heard of it but yeah i i can i can see the frustration and you know it's just people we just have people out there that just uh, always want to take advantage of something. And it's unfortunate, but I love the fact that they suspended his account and he's no longer on there. So hopefully justice has been served and I think you it know, it, 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 he, he won't get anything out of it, but um, yeah, I, I feel your, I feel your frustration there. Yeah. Good. Good. So I don't, I don't have to take it out on you then. That's, that's good. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. <laughs> No, but, um, but yeah, no, that's, uh, that's my rant for the week, I guess. Um, but yeah, Gar Garcia national management is, is, uh, not my favorite, but it's all over now. So we, we don't care anymore. Um, and then the other scent is a much more positive one forward Madison, right? Uh, one of the, uh, one of the biggest names in all of lower league soccer, um, kind of at the, the pinnacle of popularity, if you will. Um, they have recently come out with yet another beautiful soccer jersey to uh, to offer to the public, and it's called the Drip Kit. Uh, I guess they've uh, they've done a lot of work to make it possible, and it's beautiful, uh, very unique, and and very forward Madison uh, in that just nobody else nobody else is putting out anything like it. And I know we've talked about unique jerseys before, and how I think uh, we're we're both lovers of. Uh, uh, jerseys that go beyond kind of the cookie cutter design. This is definitely one of those. Uh, I am a broke college student, but I might have to become even more broke uh, to <laughs> buy this jersey. It is beautiful. Uh, have you seen the drip kit, uh, Rusty? And, and I, I have actually. Uh, yeah, pink and uh, blue. And oh man, that's a great color combo. Yeah, it actually has our Carolina blue kind of yeah. sky blue in there, so I like that. Uh, I do like the pink. My my wife actually um, is a breast cancer survivor, so oh, pink wow. is all around our our house and yeah, in our house. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's neat. It is it is bright and very loud. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yes, you are not wrong. And personally, I'm just. I'm a big fan of pink, honestly. I, I really do like it. I like it on soccer jerseys, especially. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it, as you say, it is very bright and very loud. And I think it just, it, it, I think it just works for Madison. That's kind of their brand and, and what's made them uh, super well known and what's made them fun. Um, but it's, it's cool to see how unique uh, people are getting and how creative uh, some of their ideas are in making this happen. And it's cool to see clubs that are just running with it and seeing people's ideas and seeing their creativity and saying, yeah, let's make it happen. Um, and I think the, the public response has been fantastic, uh, maybe even beyond what Madison expected to get. Um, it has been very widely shared and, and admired by so many people. Um, but yeah, just, just cool to see that mentality, even more than the jersey, 
um, of, of just that level of creativity, I think. Yeah, it's, it's impressive. Um, and I like that, you know, these lower, uh, you know, the lower level clubs, lower leagues are just, they're willing to, uh, be different, be a little creative, just kind of go out on a limb, take some risks. And it's kind of fun to watch that. So kudos to them for sure. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's, that's the quote of the day, I think. Kudos to Ford Madison. <laughs> there you go. Except for Leave it to Beaver. That's the other quote of the day. <laughs> but, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, transition now into our final segment of the day. Man, it's gone by so fast. I've really, really enjoyed this one. Uh, but uh, we've got Filling the Void, and that is where we uh, take a look at the United States map. And uh, I come up with a place that uh, probably deserves uh, more of a lower league soccer presence than it has. Um, and today we will keep it local to Bria. Um, and, you know, there, I was looking and I was having a really tough time deciding between a few different cities in, in uh, Mississippi that I really feel like uh, could really uh, uh, benefit from it and support a really a good team in, in either USL League Two or NPSL or a league like that. Um, but what I, I ended up going with Tupelo. Um, and I honestly, I could see one in Oxford, uh, given the, the college town uh, environment that's there. Uh, I could see one in Starkville for, for similar reasons. But I feel like Tupelo would be a really, really cool place. Because uh, I, I just, it, it's obviously uh as you've alluded to uh mississippi is not the uh the biggest hotbed for for soccer um especially at, at a, a semi-professional level but i think bria have proven that there's definitely the support for it um and i know um uh, we haven't talked a whole lot about blue battalion um except for their their lower league geek up disappointments um uh, <laughs> but uh they they have just really really surprised me with how uh, uh fervent their support has been of you guys um they're a really incredible supporters group honestly um doing some really really awesome stuff um and just really showing you guys a lot of love i feel like that could really be replicated in a town like tupelo too with uh, the right organization running that club um what are, what are your thoughts on that yeah that's i mean that's interesting of course i know these towns in mississippi um I would imagine much better than you, but that's yes, not you do. <laughs> but but Tupelo is a um, is a really neat place that uh, could certainly support um, a lower league team. Uh, you know, most of the attention right now is probably down on the coast uh, in some of the Gulf Coast. Yeah, for sure. Like Gulf, Gulfport and Biloxi, and and they have some teams that pop up from time to time, and I know they've actually had some discussions. Uh, teams down there with the league two um, but you know Tupelo doesn't come up very often in those kind of talks but I think that they are certainly capable of it um, actually their director of, of coaching for their youth club uh, used to be one of our Bria juniors coaches oh wow so, yeah so he's up there um, and they've got some really good things going on in Tupelo and so I feel like um you're not far off there. Uh, it would, it would sort of connect, um, you know, to the North they've got, uh, you know, it's fairly close to Memphis. And so, um, they could get some attention from that. And, you know, with the, with the stuff that Memphis is doing up in, in that area, um, with the USL championship team. And so, yeah. um, I'd That's love cool to see it there actually. 
Yeah, it really is. But that'd be a, uh, it'd be great to have, um, to have that up, up in the Northern part of the state. Yeah. And that, that was exactly my thought. Cause like you said, the, the, the Gulf coast is a fantastic area and that that's in Alabama and Florida, all mm-hmm. across the Gulf coast and Texas too. It's a really great. And as you know, you're, you're pretty close to the Gulf coast, Gulf coast yourself. Um, there are a lot of great clubs. I mean, you think of ASC Mobile, um, there's Tallahassee SC, there's Pensacola, uh, especially on the WPSL side there. I mean, the, the list goes on. Um, you've got North Shore United, Crescent City. I, I mean, I really, there are too many. Uh, we could go on another, it just doubled the amount of time in this podcast talking about them all. Um, so many great Gulf Coast clubs. But yeah, I really just, I would, and it might be wishful thinking, um, but I do think that it would be really cool to, to connect the northern part of Mississippi too um, and kind of get them involved. Um, and, and like you say, I, I really, I think it's flying a lot of, uh, flying under a lot of radars, um, Tupelo is, um, but I feel like if, if it got a little bit more attention and, uh, and like I said, if, if the right group of people was, was running that club, um, I feel like they could really have a lot of success. And like you said, I think there's a lot of cool things going on in Tupelo and you, uh, know a lot more about that than I do. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be a cool thing to see. Yeah. You. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed with uh, your knowledge of that of that area of our state. So, <laughs> good well, stuff. yeah, and I, I haven't been there, uh, but I do uh, pride myself on my uh, knowledge of U.S. geography. So, uh, so that's nice. that's pretty much where I'm drawn from. Um, and I do have some family out in Mississippi too, um, not in that area, but but yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, a very small connection. Gotcha. Right. Well, uh, Rusty, it, it pains me to say this, but uh, we have come to the end of the show. Uh, thank you very, very much for uh, just blessing our presence today uh, with, uh, uh, with your appearance on the show. It has been an absolute blast. So much fun. Um, and tell us how uh, people can follow what Bria are doing. Yeah, well, we're obviously on all the social media platforms. Uh, our website is briasoccer.org, B-R-I-L-L-A, uh, soccer.org. And, uh, you know, we do um, try to keep a, a decent presence on, the, uh, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And so, uh, you know, feel free to jump on there and shoot us a message anytime. And uh, we'll have a lot more coming up um, on those platforms in the next few weeks as we roll out our college training academy. Um, so be looking for that and let us know what you think. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for us. Um, guys, you heard it from him. Go check out Bria, what they're doing. Um, as we have already talked about a lot of cool stuff in the near future for them. Um, so make sure you go support that, uh, check it out. And of course, you know where to find small world. We are, uh, wherever the weird stuff is happening all across social media. Um, but guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, really appreciate your support of small world, um, and your support of Mississippi Bria. Uh, Rusty, thanks again for being on the show and uh, looking forward to uh, maybe having you on again sometime. Thank you. It's been a blast. Had a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, thank you, guys. This is Danny signing off from Small World Soccer. See you guys next Saturday morning with the next edition of Small World Soccer Report. Stay weird, everyone.